Welcome to Fintalks, a chat with Finance Malta Members Edition. With me today, I have Cliff Parch, Director of Studies at the Malta Stock Exchange Institute, which is also a member of Finance Malta. During this podcast, we will be discussing um, the importance of training and the importance of professional training. Thank you, Mr. Parch, for joining this chat with me. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Why is it so important that training um, for professional development at the workplace is on a continuous basis? Well, education, I mean, training forms part of education. And education does not stop at school. So when you finish your school, when you finish your scholastic experience, you know, that's it, it's over. Uh, we believe, or I believe at least, in lifelong learning. Now, when you are working in an environment, any environment, you are constantly learning. That's what I believe, anyway. So in, even in our work environment, in our personal environment, we are always faced with opportunities to learn. When you are working in a dynamic environment, when you're a professional working in financial services sector, for example, the environment is constantly changing, constantly. Uh, financial services perhaps more than many other sectors. And, and therefore it is important, critical, that people who work in the financial services sector are qualified and remain qualified to be able to provide the service and be the professions that they, that they are. So what you're saying is that training should be ongoing. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, and who, will, who will ultimately benefit from this? Uh, you have all the stakeholders who are going to benefit. You have the person himself or herself who is going to be better equipped to handle their day-to-day obligations and requirements. You have the employer themselves, who are going to have staff who are better qualified and more experienced. You have the clients, so you have the clients who are going to receive a better, more professional service. You have the industry, because if the industry has more qualified and and more experienced persons who are up to date with latest regulations, with latest trends, latest technologies, you know, uh, these are all areas which I think require training. Now, training at the workplace can take different forms. You have on-the-job training, you have people who join the organization and require that induction as to what is the industry and what is their environment in this new organization where they work. But you have people who have been there for a number of years. And you cannot have a person, for example, who has joined a number of years ago but remains static and relying on what he learned when he joined the organization Mm -hmm. and what he's learned on the job. As I said, the environment is changing constantly. Regulations, technology... And therefore, people need to be kept up to date. Um, previously, you said that uh, finance, financial services are constantly changing and you need to keep uh, occurrent to the, to the environment yes. itself. What makes financial services changing constantly? Well, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the environment around financial services has developed. The world is no longer segmented by, regu- by, by jurisdictions and by different regulations, etc. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a global village. So you're looking at the world, which is now so hugely connected um, and integrated. And so when you're talking about a jurisdiction in the EU, um, which again is itself a, a block where you have certain harmonization across regulatory mm-hmm. bodies, etc. And you're looking at the US and you're looking at the Far East, they need to speak the same language. Yeah. And because of these pressures, especially in respect of compliance, I mean, today the, the, the latest uh, buzzword is compliance, anti-money laundering, and, you know, these regulatory uh, issues. Um, yeah, these are things which are international. 
And therefore, because we form part of the global village, we need to be aware of the global village's rules. And these rules are changing because the rules are being updated according to the circumstances of what's happening in our environments. So technology is becoming much faster, much more integrated, much more diverse and widespread. And therefore, because we have technology and people are using, organizations are using technology more and more, we need to ensure, and the system, the, the, the services themselves, the, the, the industry, needs to make sure that people are reading off the same page. And they're trained. And they're trained to do so, exactly. <laughs> Going back to training, as we all know, um, and especially after the pandemic, um, courses, training took a different uh, form. So before, maybe we used to be more in a classroom one to one, although to be fair, there were some uh, online courses. Yes. But now it's like virtual versus classrooms. Right. What are the benefits of the two, if there are? Any. Uh, as, a, as a lecturer and as, a, as, as the director of studies at the Institute, I, I absolutely believe in person, personal contact. So speaking to you here across the room is different to speaking to you over Zoom or any other electronic media online. Um, and being in a classroom, nothing beats, from a lecturer point of view, the experience of being in a classroom and seeing people. Like because, human contact. So there's that human contact, that is human interaction. You say a joke and people smile <laughs> and you see faces. And I think that is critical. However, obviously, as you said, the, the pandemic has resulted in the need to, to go online. We did so. We did so pretty effectively. Within two weeks of the pandemic, last March uh, hitting, we were online. We were offering online instead of classroom. Uh, and online gives its own advantages. Online gives you the comfort of working from your office or home. Online gives you the comfort of, to some extent, multitasking. So you're following a course, but you can still answer an email. You're following a course and, and, you, know, and you can get up and go have a coffee and come back. Whereas if you're in a classroom, you're stuck in the room and therefore you're, you're, you're constrained by that environment. They both have pluses and minuses. One of the big pluses for me of online is that we have much higher accessibility. A room is a physical environment where you can have 20, 30, 40, 50 people. Yeah. Uh, in an online environment, there's virtually no limit. Obviously, at the cost that you lose that personal interaction. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, a, it's, it's a bit of a trade-off. Yeah. Um, another plus of online that we have found is that we now have a number of international attendees. So whereas before, before the pandemic, we were physical and therefore we had Maltese or persons obviously Foreign present in Malta yeah. uh, coming to the exchange and, and, and attending the classroom. Today, it's, it's in an online environment and I have people who have joined from the EU, or virtually all the countries in the EU over, over the last 18 months yeah. anyway. Um, but I've had people joining from the Far East, from the Middle East. You know, the furthest place was Singapore, which was quite convenient because of the time zone. So there's a morning if I remember right, it was a morning course and they joined in the afternoon or late evening. Um, I've had a lecturer joining from the US. So a the actual lecturer was unable to come to Malta, wasn't able to travel, obviously. And he was lecturing from, from the US. So it's become very much more international and much more you know, accessible. Yeah. Um, which topics of training um, are becoming more popular than others? And, and why is that? Uh, well, I think... When you look at training, you need to look at what sort of training. So, for example, we have uh, our, our target, our market is financial services. So we're looking at the stakeholders within the financial services community. Um, you have the regulatory training. So you have compliance, AML, due diligence, um, you know, legal issues, company law and, and, and you know, 
corporate governance. These are all you know, risk. These are all very important, very useful um, uh, subjects, and they're, they're also very popular. We have uh, financial, so you have accounting, understanding financial reporting and statements um, and how to interpret them, um, which is also um, quite, quite well attended and very interesting. Um, and we also have other areas such as cybersecurity. So cybersecurity is an area, especially now since a lot very of people popular. have been online and working <laughs> from home, you know, there are issues of cybersecurity, how to handle security, how to, you know, to create certain controls, how to handle social media and, and, and other interactive platforms which expose your organization to, to risk so, of, of cyber attack. Yeah. Um, so there are a number of areas which are, which are uh, addressed. We also have the introductory courses. So, so uh, we offer courses which explain how the financial markets work, how to build a portfolio, but in simple terms. So if, I, you know, if you're a beginner, if you know nothing about what is a bond and what is an equity, you know, you, hopefully you'll come out of that course uh, you know, better prepared or better informed. So to you be don't able to necessarily invest. need to, as a person, you don't need to be working in the financial services, right? No, we have two markets. The, the, the Malta Stock Exchange Institute has two markets. One is the retail market where we invite, you could call it part of our corporate social responsibility, okay. where we invite people, investors and not investors of any age to, uh, to attend courses, any course, but these are aimed mostly at uh, the retail market where we would expect people to know a little bit about investments, would like to start an investment experience, uh, but don't know how to start, don't know how to, to invest uh, and therefore don't know how to plan. And then you have the other sector, which are the stakeholders, where we have experts in their field as lecturers. Um, compliance, regulatory issues, cyber, finance, etc., risk, um, where these guys are actually uh, experts in their areas and they will share their knowledge, share their experience with their stakeholders, with their colleagues in financial services to keep people abreast of regulations and other developments in the, in the industry. Uh, Cliff, as you know, I'm a curious person. Uh, any ge particular gender that... At is attracted more to the financial services? It's still male-dominated, or there are also um, now females interested? I know. Through so your experience yeah, in yeah, 30 yeah. years, like... I would say that the financial services sector is, is, is actually uh, a gender-neutral industry. So it attracts both so genders? So it does attract both, both genders. Um, uh, at the exchange, in actual fact, out of the, the employee base, we are more, there are more women than men at the exchange. Okay. Um, definitely if we, in the financial, in the, in the banks, for example, you have, you have a mix. But certainly it is an industry which attracts both genders, absolutely. Going, shifting back to um, training, but also it's a, a question which is more directed to the employers, really. Uh, why is it in today's world financial literacy so important? Um, and what should the com what should companies do, even if it's, they're not in the financial services um, sector, mm -hmm. to be to know to have the knowledge, at least the basic knowledge of financial services? You've touched on something which is very close to my heart. Fi I believe, I really do believe that financial literacy in Malta and across a lot of Europe and the world is is a problem. Um, I think that the educational system trains teaches. Our, our children to be prepared for certain subjects, but does not teach adequately how to handle life. 
Okay, um, that's my opinion, but I think that I'm, I, I, obviously I think I'm right. <laughs> um, the, the issue of financial literacy is that we need to teach young people, and therefore by definition older people as well, because they don't have it either, very often, on financial responsibility. Learning how to budget, learning how to plan, understanding your income, understanding your expenses, differentiating between, need, between needs and wants. These are... You might say, but these are obvious. But no, they're not obvious to everybody. No. They're absolutely not obvious. You know, people don't plan. People live from one month to the other, and they don't fall back on savings. They don't create a nest egg or a, or a, a situation, a buffer to be able to handle emergencies. They rely on credit. You know, so these are, I think, these are very big, important issues that need to be addressed. And we're we're trying to do so by having courses which. In, the, in our way, in our small way, support financial literacy. As you know, this, the, the, the word financial services sound, sounds very complicated, very, you know, almost up there that maybe the men in the street would say, listen, this does not apply to me. Mm-hmm. How can you help this person, like the institute itself, can help people to kind of solve these problems for them? We can, what, what we do is we have a, a, a course, I run a course, which is uh, entitled in The Introduction to the Financial Markets, International to the Financial Markets. And this handles or this addresses the, 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 the lack of knowledge amongst many people in what are the building blocks to manage your financial affairs and to plan for the future. Okay. So obviously people think in terms of money in a bank account. People think in terms of wanting to buy their house and, and, and you know, buying things on credit and paying it off. But that's the basic. I think that what we need to teach and what people need to prepare for is lifelong, a lifelong experience of planning financially, planning responsibly, so that when the time comes and when we go into retirement or we're faced with a, a crisis, some kind of issue, there is something to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that people just don't prepare adequately. A lot of people will invest in property, you know, or like to invest, Maltese, like Maltese, investing in property, yeah. fine. Uh, yes, we'll of course, that's qualified. We'll have stone. Uh, um, is it the only investment that one should do? Absolutely not. You know, one should have a diversified portfolio of investments, which includes real estate, if possible, but real estate is hugely expensive. And therefore, you need to have, in my view, a number of asset classes, equity, bonds, different types of funds, property, or at least shares in property companies. If you can't buy a property, buy shares in a property mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. Today, we have the real estate investment trusts, which are you know, aimed at this particular sector. So that when the time comes, you know, obviously it, it might or it might not, but if it does, you have assets to fall back on. And you don't need to sell the property, which might take time. It's hugely liquid, etc. And you sell what is appropriate at the time. Yeah. It's, 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 we can go on forever. Yeah. But, but certainly, I think this is something which needs to be addressed. You asked about organizations. Mm-hmm. I look at it more from the retail part, from the personal part, in terms of financial literacy. Okay. From the organization point of view... Um, I, I, there are people who are experts in this, experts in the sense that you have the financial accountants, the, the CFOs and everything, who will manage the financial affairs of the company. But this should not be restricted simply amongst these, these individuals who are professional in their job. But I think people within the organization need to understand what are the financial issues, the challenges. Mm-hmm. Because if you understand the challenges, then you can help to address them. Yeah. You know, so it, I don't think, for example, recently through the crisis and others, um, and even now recently because of COVID, we've had financial constraints. 
you know, turnover has been affected, business has been affected, the economy has been affected, um, notwithstanding obviously all the all the benefits and the, the the help that was received. You know, if everybody's on the same page, if everybody needs to be aware of the of of cost cutting, of of reducing waste, you know, which ultimately results in cost cutting, one would hope. These are things which everybody needs to own. It shouldn't be owned by simply the CEO or the board or the CFO, but it should be owned by across you know, by all members of the organization. Yeah. Shifting our focus back to the Malta Stock Exchange Institute, one of the roles of the institute is to offer training solutions. Uh, can you elaborate on this? So training solution can 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 be given to anyone to a particular for a particular age. How does it work? If I want to apply. Right. Well, we offer, as an institute, we offer 60, 60 individual courses, 60 different courses. And as I said, they address different areas. They come, you know, regulatory, cyber, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, And some of them are run more than once. The popular ones are run three, four times a year. And therefore, in a year, we would run something like 95 courses. Um, these are short courses. So they would be either two and a half, three hours long, morning or afternoon. Or as they could be five hours, seven and a half, maybe ten hours. Very few are longer than that, but those are the more technical. Anybody can apply. Um, all you need to do to look at the range of courses is to look at the borzamalta.com.mt website, and and there's a there's a section which lists all the courses which are planned till the end of the year. We work on a calendar year, January to December. Um, obviously, as I said, anyone can apply. Um, there is a, a what we try to we try to keep a very reasonable and affordable fee. And, uh, and, and, the, and the courses, as I said, cover different levels. So you have the introductory courses, you have the intermediate, and you have the advanced. The advanced are aimed more at the professionals and they're, vo- they're probably more technical. The introductory would apply to, to most people within the financial services sector. Okay. Thank you so much, Mr. Patch, for uh, um, joining during this podcast. I encourage you all to follow these chats with Finance Malta uh, chats on our YouTube um, and all our social media platform. Thank you.